0: date to your potential, inspiring, educating, and empowering single members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Our hosts are Peggy Matheson, Betrayal Trauma Recovery Expert, and Sharon Collier, Certified Life and Relationship Coach. Welcome, everyone. Hi there. (sighs) Episode 43. Yeah. This week, we're talking about divorce grief. And, and some of the mistakes we boy, make. Boy, the mistakes we yes, do. Make. This is going to be a really good episode. All right, guys. Last week we talked about the stages of grief,
1: and you go through that no matter what your loss is, right? You yeah, go you through do. that. Yeah, you, you know, do. we talked about just grief in general. Um, but some of the losses when you um, have divorce or come from a divorce is the pain and the pain of lost dreams and the fear of the unknown, some of that's the pain that you have. So there's, there's just a lot of loss that way. Um, the other thing I wanted, before I go even more into the losses, is one of the things that happens, and we don't realize this, I mean, I didn't realize this, um, is that we feel out of control. Yes. Like we've, we've lost some control, and, and being in control is a really important part of feeling like you have power in your life. And I'm not talking about control over other people, but control over your life and the situation. Or, and yes. the situation. Yeah. So just be aware that there are ways that you want to regain some control, and we can talk about that at the end um, We'll talk about that at the end. Okay, so the loss of a dream, the loss of what you thought you had, the loss of yes. your hopes yes. for a relationship, loss of your companion, of having a companion. Well, you
0: think about early in your marriage how you talk so much about your hopes and dreams, I and know. and and all the all the dreaming and planning, and I know you know and <laughs> things like that, and none of that is well. Geez, what if we get a divorce? Nobody ever goes there. No. That's not what's. That's not why we go into you know, this, that's right? Not, that's not a part. Of, that's not a part of the hopes and dream plan. No, that <laughs> you know? is not a part of the hopes and dreams
1: dreams plan. The other thing that is a loss too is you can lose friends. Yes, like people that you maybe were friends with as a couple, but sometimes it's friends who don't know what to do, who don't know how to respond, and then sometimes it's because your your ex has um, created a narrative that's false around youth with the friends and i've seen so many people who have been disenfranchised from their friend group because people believe one partner over the other and they don't even talk to the partner that's yeah. being spoken bad about and so there's right. just a, there can be a real loss of friends there's a loss of roles the loss of yes. roles that we play, loss of financial support. Okay, uh, I'm sure this is not news to most of us here, but newsflash, divorce is worse financially than being married. There's oh, yeah. A lot, oh, yeah. There's a lot of financial stress. Um, and the children, the losses that can occur, like if like, you know, time with them and feeling like you are parenting well. I mean, just
0: a lot of losses around. Can we talk about wiring for a minute? Yes. So men are wired to provide and protect. And women were the nurturers and the nesters, right? Right. And during a divorce situation or after the divorce situation, that changes. There's a lot of men really confused about what their role is because they get to see their kids one night a week and every other weekend. And this provider, it's like, it's like a, a radio that's been rewired does the, does the volume work does you know can you switch the channels and i find that a lot of men are really confused about what their role really is and then mom goes to work most right. of the time's mom has to go to and work so and so she has to provide and protect you it know and kind of... well and this nurture and nesting thing has totally changed
1: yeah you know? so it kind of messes us up yeah. quite a bit and i think um there's a, a writer and he works with a divorce group in California. His name's Norman Wright. He's Christian. Um, and so I've been reading some of his things. And one of the things he says about the loss of control, cause I think with not being able to provide and protect, that's kind of feels like you've lost some control, Yes. not control over, but like what you're supposed to do. And he says, men take it harder generally than women, the loss of, having some kind of control in their life for themselves. So that was a really interesting thing. And I think your point is really yes. great. I, I think that's a, how do you handle that? I mean, I think that's a really tough thing. Well, I think,
0: especially when most men aren't aware of their wiring. Yeah. Well, and women either. You know, yeah, it's true. I mean, I'm well aware because I talk about it. Yeah, me (laughs) too. weekly and and things. But, um, yeah, when you're not aware of this, it's like, what is happening? Because this disconnect is going on that you don't even know about. Very confusing.
1: Yeah. Very, very confusing. confusing. Okay. Um, And you can lose other family member involvement. So, like, the loss of maybe your in-laws. Like... Yeah, maybe they, that, they, they don't yeah, know how to respond you or have they don't divorce know how to support you. It's a lot of yeah. times and it's really, it's really, really hard. And sometimes that can be a good thing, but sometimes that's uh, a right. lot. Right, it is. Um, yeah. So, and some people ask, what's the, what's the hardest thing to deal with in divorce? And I think it's the thing you are attached to the most yes. in the marriage, you know, um, whatever that might be, maybe it's, and, and it may be there's a loss of face. There's a loss of, you know, looking bad in front of people, feeling shame
0: for being divorced. Well, I um, think a lot of times, especially the first divorce, when you marry somebody in your 20s, like you guys grow into the same person. Right. You know, you have the same experiences, you, you take on the same opinions based on all these experiences that you share together. And there's a huge loss there. You're losing your other half, you know? That's and, really interesting
1: thought. You know, the other thing that we can get really attached to, I think, especially as members of the church, is the idea of an eternal companion. Yes. There's a huge attachment to yes. that. And I know for me, it was like, oh, now I'm sailing, right? And not that I thought marriage was going to be easy. I knew it was going to be about personal growth. I knew there was going to be challenges, but I was all in. And I thought, this is my eternal companion. We're yes. now in working phase. We can partner and make this work. Yes. And I put a lot of stock in that. And so that attachment, I think we, we, I hear that a lot too. It's like your eternal companion. What do you do about that whole concept? And what does right. that mean? You know? Right. So that's a loss too, because that can be what you're so attached to. Um, there's also can be, along with talking about our faith and, and eternal marriage, we can lose faith. Yeah. We can lose our faith because there's often trauma involved and that is a, that is a trauma response, is disconnecting yes. from God. You know, I, yes. You because know, it's like, oh, I did all the right things
0: mm. and now all this, yes. you know, God does this to me, you yeah. know? I can't tell you how many times I talk um, to people about agency. It's like, you're responsible for your own agency, but you have no control over somebody else's agency. And if Heavenly Father told you in your 20s, this was the right person to marry, it probably was, but you have no control over somebody else's agency and their choices and- and, you know, I, you know. I did not have a testimony of agency until I got divorced.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yes. I'm like, oh,
0: I believe. Yes, for sure. <laughs>
1: so the other thing is what's going to, you know, we, we think about what's going to happen to me now spiritually. What, is, what are the ramifications yes. of this? So there's a loss of feeling that security, of feeling like we've done the right things or that we're on the right path. I think that's a huge, that can be a huge loss. Um, so let's talk about... I have a quote from Norman Wright that I wanted to talk about in this next one, which is um, like the emotional stages we go through. Last week we talked about the different stages of grief. Yes, Do you haven't listened when, when to we've that, when we suffered a loss,
0: yeah, like, when we've you know, suffered a, a, a loss, death, yes,
1: a death or a divorce. That's really we talk about the five stages of grief, and I would encourage you to listen to that if you haven't. But this one is more like like the emotional. Spiral that happens, and the first stage that Norman Wright talks about is um, the, the the shock. It's a loss or crisis is a shock, a feeling of numbness, and that can last <clears throat> that can last for you know a, a, a day or maybe three or maybe longer. Um, but but once the shock lifts, then we're plunged into actual the actual sense of grieving, where we experience all the emotions. And this is what he says, and I thought this was really interesting, and I'm true. So the emotions, they come like a jumbled web intertwined with one another. One portion of the day you could be feeling down and depressed, and and then there's the anxiety, and then the anger, and then the fear comes. And once you get through that, once you move in, you often move into blame. So we start blaming, right? And so you want to get the anger out on someone else, right? You want to push it out because it's easier, I think, Push it out. So now I'm right. not quoting him anymore. Right. But um, whether and it could be friends, it could be someone who who maybe betrayed you through the divorce, or it could be through the person, the other person, right. or it could be your anger at God, which is very common. And 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 God's big enough to handle that. So don't worry about that. So, but when anger gains a foothold, then we're going to be dealing with resentment. Yes. And that feeling of ill will towards the other person can then maybe if we if we respond stubbornly to that then our response can become bitter and we become bitter and that's very common
0: that is very, very and at common. this
1: point we've allowed the other person to take control of our emotions and our feelings and by you doing that, that. Sad. yeah so that is you, you just need to be aware of that and there are things you can do to help with that um to process through that. And we'll talk about that towards the end, but let's talk about the mistakes. Some of the mistakes people make in, in, in divorce. And it's, um, one of them is compulsive behaviors. We go to compulsive behaviors because of the stress and the trauma. We can go to addictions. We can go to eating. We can go to alcohol. It's medicating. It's self medicating. Right. And that is not going to be helpful at all. It's going to spiral you down a path that's Where you're going to lose more control. Yes. And you don't want to do that. Um, The other, another mistake is generalizing, like all men are animals, or you can never, I can never trust another woman, (laughs) or all women are, you know, or all men are. And you generalize that, and that really sets you up and and contaminates your experiences for the rest of your life.
0: Right. If you hold on to those generalized things. Yes. All women are crazy and all men are narcissists. I think it's funny that everybody was married to a narcissist. And like There are not statistically that many pure narcissist, narcissists yeah. out there. Narcissism is selfishness. Yeah, a, you know, yes. but there's a lot of tendencies that they may have inherited from their parents and things, but it's just, or people can respond if they've
1: been in a traumatic relationship where there was narcissism or selfishness yes. or addiction, they can respond looking like that themselves. Yes. I've seen that yes. multiple times because they're For trying sure. to regain some control, right. which is what it's all about. Right. Okay. Um, another mistake is self-fulfilling prophecies and we've talked about these about negative beliefs right right? but so we create these things that we don't want to have happen because we focus Uh on them right oh I you know I don't trust I don't think I can ever trust another person and then you start acting like you don't trust other people and then you start bringing people into your life that you can't trust yes or if with children, it could be, oh, they're not going to like spending time with me. And then you start acting in ways that are stressful for the kids. And they're yes. like, I don't
0: like spending time with. You know, right, blah, blah, blah. right. It's like, so, I don't know what to do with my kids, you know, and then you start behaving that way. Yes. Right. So yeah.
1: you got to be careful of that.
0: Careful with the self-talk.
1: Careful with the self-talk. Yeah. Um, unrealistic expectations. So we might have expectations that are unrealistic for ourselves or for others, and these could be negative or overly positive. Like um, like you might say, I'm sure this will never happen to me again because I'm going to marry this person that's like this, 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 and this, and it's going to be so wonderful. Right. Or, you know, you think, you know, you have a lot of self-awfulizing tapes that are running in your head, and that is not true and unhelpful. Right. So unrealistic expectations of yourself and sometimes this can be that you expect yourself to be in a better place than you really are
0: well yeah not giving yourself a break not not giving yourself the
1: time you need to process Mm -hmm. through whatever it is you need so um another is wallowing in self pity and you know what those are the people that are really hard to
0: be around. Yeah.
1: Well, they, they start to, to feel really sorry for themselves and, and they're not pleasant. But then when you start to really like buy into that whole story, yeah. like you know, telling that story to someone and getting it out of you is different than ruminating on it and thinking about it and always having it play in your head and right. in your, because you become a victim. Yes. And that also can be a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. So the victimhood, and then you get into a relationship with someone who's going to victimize you. Well, and
0: then nobody has a perfect marriage. And I find that people who play the victim never take their full responsibility in the divorce and how the divorce happened. And that needs to be something that you do or you're going to make the same mistakes in your next marriage or your next relationship. Look at what you can do
1: differently. Look at how, you know, even if you... So I say this with abuse, people who have been in an abusive relationship, it's not your fault. No. That's true. You don't need to take responsibility for that and don't because that can be bad for you. But there may be some predisposing, self-sabotaging beliefs that you've had that that played into that whole situation where right. you were you didn't feel like it was... You wanted to not have to set all these hard boundaries or something like right. that. Right, right. And the
0: enabling behavior yeah, the that, enabling... We get into, that we need to not take into our next marriage. Correct.
1: So that is something we need to
0: definitely you know, take And, on and that's, and not, re- a, that's be responsible not a huge, for. obvious fault in the marriage, no, no. but enabling is never good. You need to love yourself enough to set some really good boundaries. Yes. All right,
1: revenge loving. I thought that was an interesting oh. term. Revenge loving. <laughs> That's where you go out and you you flaunt people that you're dating in front of your ex-partner. And the problem with this is, first of all, it's disingenuous and it's unkind to the other the people right. you're dating, but you can get caught up in getting into a relationship too fast and you know Sharon yes. and I are not proponents of that. And then it, it's this this becomes this gets this becomes detrimental for you. You don't spend the time you need to heal and you, and you are no. focusing on really getting revenge on your ex-partner. And what does that make you into? That right. makes you well, into that, a bully. Well, and that's still
0: giving them power. Right. It's like it is, they yeah. still have power over you if you feel like you need to get revenge in this situation. right. Absolutely,
1: and and why do you want to focus on that? You want to focus forward and not backward, and that's right. just focusing yes. backward. Now, rebound relationships is another one, and oh, that my is favorite. my favorite. <laughs> Talk about. So, so, um, so, you know, maybe you're uh, or you know someone who's not quite divorced yet. They like, oh well, we've been going through this process for two years, and so they're out there dating, and 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 it's like. I just think that that's that is stepping into fire. That's stepping into problems that could happen. So it's like well in the eyes of the state and in the eyes of God are you still married or not? Yeah, well you're if, still married if, if you're until not divorced, you're divorced.
0: Yeah, if you're not divorced you're still married and there's no there's no need you're medicating. The right. rebound is medicating. You're right. medicating with ape because we all know love is exciting. Yeah, and, and it, it, distracts, it yes. us, distracts us from the work we need yeah. to do to heal. You know heal. what? Go buy a candy bar. <laughs> Don't go Not out Not too many candy said. bars, <laughs> but it's better than
1: getting into another relationship, yes. right? Yes, Meta- so, ice cream. <laughs> no. So uh, we've said this, and many therapists and many who work with people who are in divorce, getting divorced or going through divorces, give yourself a year. For heaven's sakes, give yourself a year to, to do the work you need to do. You know, I did, I gave myself six months after my divorce before I would go out socializing. And then I was going to just socialize for another six months. And then I was planning on dating on purpose, which is basically what I did. I did end up going on a couple of dates in between just because I met some guys, but it wasn't, you know, it was just, but I did give myself that goal of one year. And that was really helpful. I think
0: there's like a checklist you can go through in your head before you start dating. Am I still angry? if you're still angry, you're not in a good place. If you still feel physical anger, that's bubbling up and needs to come out, even if it's through exercise, or maybe you have a a bad temper, maybe you take that out on other people, you know, go through the checklist. Am I still angry? Am I happy? Am I moving forward? Is my life stagnant? Or is it moving forward? There's a checklist you can go in your head, look up healthy relationships, listen to our podcast on healthy relationships. We have two. Yes. You know, make sure you're in that place that you can Feel like you're in a healthy relationship. Are you proud of who you are right this second? Or is somebody trying to, or are you using somebody to try to fill that, to validate you? Are you validating yourself? There's a whole huge checklist that you can go through. Go listen to healthy relationships.
1: Yes. Okay. Um, Idealization is when you start to date again and you look at somebody and you project onto them traits that aren't there.
0: Oh, it's like yeah. you
1: like uh you see them as this incredible person. Like, why didn't I have somebody like this the first time around? They're so blah, 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 generous, happy, blah, blah, blah. Right. Right. But the problem with that is that if you're idealizing that you and this is kind of the the beginning stage that you talk about
0: the infatuation
1: stage right and all you see is stars wonderful and it's like this is this is she's so the opposite of my former wife this girl is it right right well the the way to help counteract that is first of all recognize that it's the infatuation stage but friendship yes the best Relationships start with friendship and start with friendship and get to know someone and also just consciously go, they can't be perfect. Let's just kind of you know, hang out here and I hear myself going, Wow, they're so amazing and they're probably this is this and And then they're probably this.
0: Yeah. And that's the thing. We know about twenty percent during the infatuation period because it's so giddy and fun. We know about twenty percent of who a person is and we make up the rest. Yeah. And that is a normal thing to do. And that's why sometimes after the infatuation point you know, stage you're disappointed. Right. You're kind of just, it's like, oh, this is who they really are. Right. You know, it's like, oh dang, or you just kinda of lose interest altogether. Then you, know? you just but, have to yeah. get down to the brass
1: tacks and say, Okay, is this what I need in a relationship? Right. Do they yes. have
0: those qualities?
1: Yeah. All right. So those are some of the mistakes that you can make. Now, I think Sharon, you've mentioned the goodbye stage before. I think you talked about it where you maybe see something, go by a, drive by at a restaurant or an old house it's that you had triggers. and it triggers, yes. you know, sudden memories come in and it might trigger all this past and this ambush of grief comes up. Um, and then you're, you're faced with the 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 once again the realization that that person is no longer here that you no longer are in that relationship or whether it's death or whether it's divorce right and depending for divorce depending on the kind of history you've had together it it can take it can take some time but the the sooner you I mean I've said this before but when I when I went through my divorce, I knew my number one goal was to feel my feelings because I knew I needed to process through all my emotions and then that was the fastest way to get the, to the other side of this. Right. So, and I had several, I had three therapists, two friends of my actual therapist that said I landed on my feet after the divorce and that was part of the reason why is because I was like, I'm going after it. If I'm in this, I'm going for I'm going to feel it. Right. And the other thing too is that I'm learning in this second step You know, type of grief that I'm going through is that is that my um, the perfectionism, the thinking overthinking things has been my way of feeling been really interesting for me to observe myself it's been my way of kind of going through the grief process rather than the emotional stuff you've lost
0: penny since i've lost my
1: my twin sister which was different when i lost my marriage because there was a lot of emotion there and a lot of anger and a lot of fear and a lot of sadness that was super obvious yes but with my sister it wasn't that way and so this has been different so um so how do you know so you you get to say goodbye but how do you know Sharon, how do you know when you really have kind of gone through and you're, you're ready to move on?
0: Like- and I think this goes back to maybe the checklist. I was on a date with a guy, and it was fresh after his divorce, and his divorce took, it took a minute. She decided she wanted to fight over money and stuff, and then the state didn't give it to her, and it took a minute and stuff, and he thought he was ready to date. We were driving past a school. We were driving past a school, and he goes, I hate that place. I'm like the elementary school and he goes well we were back to school night there the night before my ex told me she wanted a divorce okay okay that's, that's so, something so, that's still not been processed so through this is something that has not been processed through this is not this is a trigger that's still affecting his normal life and he's on a date yeah. he's on a date talking about this and I'm like and this is before I was ever coaching and I, I'm like dude I'm not your therapist but this goodbye stage when you feel like you've said goodbye hopefully you are feeling at peace yeah you know and hopefully it's like goes back to the checklist it, the anger's not bubbling up right you know very often of course there's going to be some things here and there but if this is on the regular you know you want to know that you 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 need to feel that peaceful feeling and you need to be going in a good direction
1: Yes, you need to be moving forward. Yes. And some of those um, feelings that you get stuck in are unforgiveness and anger. And those are sometimes the biggest ones. I mean, depression, too. If you find yourself being depressed a lot, that's kind of a sign. And and that tends to be sometimes the longest stage we go through is that depression. But if you're still dealing with those things. Yes. Then, then there's different way, things you can do to process through forgiveness and anger. Certainly, the guided meditation work that I do really goes goes a long way to help with that, like really fast right. compared to just talking through it or even writing it out and and burning it, which is a great exercise to do. Right, right. But um, yeah, so just make sure that you've you know those are some of the signs. Particularly the anger and the unforgiveness that you aren't ready to say goodbye, that you're not ready to move right. and on, and you're not
0: feeling peaceful. Right. You're not feeling peaceful in the situation if that's where you're at. If, right? You know, if you're quick to anger, and because there's signs that there's still anger in you, and people don't realize that, and they project it on others, and their behavior becomes reactive, and
1: and all, all that.
0: that fun stuff.
1: Yes. Okay. Rebuilding and resolution. So so you you know that you have gone through the process enough that you need to when you actually can wish that person well the 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 one that you that divorced you or that you divorced, that you can right. that you don't have any ill will in your heart for them. And that can and take some time. That, that can take hard. some time. And yeah. even with all of the process work I've done and all the forgiveness, I feel like there have been layers of forgiveness. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was married for 34 years. There's a lot of letting go. And right. forgiveness can be looked at as a process of letting go. Right.
0: So. so I think there's a common mistake I've noticed um, in dating and in talking to some divorced people. And I just really want to, before we get into rebuilding and resolution, um, talk about is that these divorced men, because I talk mostly to men. And, I, and I'm sure there's women who do the same thing. Um, they try to get their ex's approval. What? They're, <laughs> they're, they will They will text them. Um, things that aren't related. Maybe to the, there are things that are related to the children but aren't necessary. You know, or they'll do something nice for the oh. kids or they'll even do something nice for them because they feel like getting their ex's approval after going through this nasty divorce, they feel like getting their ex's approval is going to take away all the bad feelings. And this is nothing they're conscious of. But when That's I start, really interesting. But when I start talking to to men about this in a coaching session, they literally will stop Think for a couple seconds and go, I do that. Wow. That's so really... I'm just going to say doing nice things for your kids and your ex is nice, but not if it's keeping you t- s- Yes, stuck. It's, it's keeping you stuck. It's keeping you stuck. If you're doing it for you know, to get their approval so that you won't feel so bad if you're doing it to medicate yourself, don't bother. Don't bother because a lot of times it just infuriates the ex. What are you doing this for? I don't understand we're not supposed to even be talking unless it's about the kids. A lot of exes have a really bad response to, you know, the generosity or the questions or, or yeah, whatever's happening. It's, yeah, not it's, healthy. It's, it's, it's really an unhealthy thing. I just wanted to throw that in there.
1: Okay, that was really good. Okay, so so you're moving forward. You're thinking about moving forward more than moving back, and this might take some baby steps and I would say hope is a really good gauge of rebuilding like maybe maybe this week you have an hour of hope whereas last week you didn't even have an hour of hope right and then maybe next week it's two or three hours of hope and then pretty soon you find yourself you know feeling like you can move forward like you can do this and things are going to be okay so that is one measure of of where you're at is where's your hope? Yeah, that is a good that is a good thing to think about. Yeah, and the other thing that you want to look at, um, uh, one of the tools I guess you could say this is a tool. There's something called the three C's, and when you're going through grief, um, one is to connect we're wired for connection yes so we need to have connection and even if i i know like i've wanted to just dive into my cave right now right um and i did that after my divorce in some ways too but connect with at least a few people one or yes. two you know make sure you have that connection you don't want to get so lonely that you isolate and you no. start to to really get go, that's, dive that's into that, that that's depression. when depression is going to really right. hit right yes right so connect connect with others um the other one is choose. Choose what's best for you because we talked about control at the beginning and yes. how we feel like we don't have any control. Yes. But start realizing that you're making choices, whether it be to go to the dance or stay home. Yes. it's That's your choice, yes. whether it be to go to therapy or not. You know, that's your choice. So reclaiming your own power in the situation and those things you have control over. Even small choices can make a big difference. So choose, connect. And the last one is communicate. Communicate with others. Yes. Reach out and get help. Um, Communicate what you're feeling. And even though you might say this is kind of awkward, but I really right now
0: what I need is this. Can you help me? You know, and that
1: kind of goes back. Well, let's
0: add another C community. Find other people in your situation and just say, Did you feel this way? Did you feel this way? I just really can I talk to you today because I just need to know because I'm feeling this way and I don't know that I'm supposed to. Is that a normal thing? That's a great, yeah. Four
1: C's. We just made it up. There's four C's. You heard it from Sharon and Peggy. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So there you go, guys. Take it and run with it and do the work you need to do to find joy in your life. And not have to be stuck
0: in this grieving process forever. It's true. Do it. There's there's hope and there's good things that can happen. You know, going back to choose. Choose what you do for fun. You know I'm the fun lady. (laughs) Talking to the person with the yellow personality. Choose what you do for a career. You have, the choices are yours. Yeah. You know, so make some good ones. Absolutely. All right, until next time. Bye, y'all. Bye-bye
1: for listening we hope you enjoyed today's episode and that it inspired you on your dating journey please share this with anyone you think might benefit from what you've heard today and subscribe to our channel check out our website at datetoyourpotential.com and take our free quiz to see if you are dating to your potential we want you to know you are not alone we support you we are in this with you